Grace and peace to you from God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, it's funny. I've never thought I was that good at children's sermons, so this is a lot of learning for me. But I've been pretty good at preaching sermons for a while. That's something that I found in seminary that I had gifts for and and learned a lot while I was there. But I gave my first ever sermon about eight and a half years ago at my home church of the time, Abiding Grace, just down the way in South Lake. I was getting ready to go to seminary to, to take Greek in the summer and then take a full slate of classes in the fall. And Nick, the pastor there, he said, you should give your first sermon among people who love you, which was very good advice because it was really bad. I don't actually remember the sermon that I preached. I don't know what point I made. I remember the text. I always think about it when it comes back up in the lectionary. But mostly what I remember is tunnel vision and nervous sweating and talking probably way too fast Um, and being done probably in about three minutes. Nick, um, who's a very good preacher himself, knew that was probably going to happen, and he actually had kind of a backup sermon slash letter to me to send me off to seminary to fill out the rest of the time and make sure that people heard something of the gospel from somebody that morning. But today, today we read about Jesus' first sermon, his first teaching back home at his home synagogue. His was not a disaster. It did not cause him to have tunnel vision and nervous sweats. It did not need somebody else to step up and speak so that things would start to make sense. His first sermon was simple, to the point, and so powerful it was written down as one of the early stories in the Gospel of Luke. Where we are in the Gospel of Luke in this chapter is just at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He has just been baptized, been sent into the wilderness to be tempted, and then come home to his home area, to people he knew, places he knew, to the synagogue he grew up going to every Saturday, every Sabbath. And he is beginning his ministry. And he does something pretty amazing. He volunteers to read. He gets given the scroll of Isaiah. And he was a, he was a good um, student and had learned Isaiah well. And he knew exactly where it was he wanted to read from. So he opened the scroll and he found the pages. And he found this proclamation. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I have come to bring good news to the poor to release the captives, to give sight to the blind, to provide freedom to the oppressed, to create the year, to bring about the year of the Lord's favor. A fairly short but potent portion of scripture, portion of the book of Isaiah. And after he says that, in a way that was so compelling that everybody is watching them. He goes and he sits down and he just says one thing. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. 
today you hear someone say, I am the one who is coming to provide the year of Jubilee. It's a powerful sermon. One that would have some pretty major consequences for Christ. We read about those actually next week. But this short and sweet but powerful sermon, it shaped who Jesus was and what he did in his earthly ministry. He brought about good news to the poor. He ate with them, shared food with them, offered them comfort and healing. He set captives free. Certainly we see that plenty in the book of Acts when followers of Christ are captives. He brought sight to the blind, walking to the lame, healing to those who were sick. He created a new freedom for those who were oppressed by the weighty forces of the day that would push them down to nothingness as he showed them who they were in the kingdom of God. It was the year of the Lord's favor, according to Jesus. That harkens way back to the book of Exodus, to the year of Jubilee that God established in the law. Every 50 years, God said it was to be a Sabbath, not just for a day, not just for a time, not just for some people, but a Sabbath for everybody, for all of the land, for everything. The year of Jubilee was to be a time when all debts were erased, no matter how much was left of them. The year of Jubilee was going to be a time when land went back to its original owners. So even if they had had to sell it out of desperation to provide enough money to feed themselves and their families, now it would be restored. The year of a Jubilee was the year when we got to glimpse the kingdom of God here on earth. The year of Jubilee is so amazing and so against any understanding we have of what we should do with debts, with captives, with servants, with property. And here Jesus is saying that time is now. The year of the Lord's favor is now. Right here, right now. And from this sermon, from this moment, Jesus will go out and continue to teach and to heal and to guide people into the kingdom of God, to show them what God's kingdom looks like, to promise that that kingdom is for them, for everybody. Here we are, thousands of years later, and there are still the poor around us and among us. There are still captives, people imprisoned here and across the world. People are still blind or sick or suffering. People are still not free. But when we read these words from Christ, when we hear God's mission, we are invited to lean in to that mission, to seek it out 
and to join with Christ in bringing the kingdom of God here and now. We are Christians. Our name is based on Christ. We are followers of Jesus of Nazareth, who we believe is the Messiah of God. We are followers of the one who calls for a year of jubilee, for a kingdom where there is no more debt, for a kingdom where everybody has plenty to eat and drink, for a kingdom where healing is taking place everywhere, where nobody is oppressed, nobody is a servant or a slave. So we hear these words of Jesus, this simple and succinct sermon that starts his ministry, and we are given grace. Grace to free us from the shackles of the world around us, to free us from our sin that would hold us in place. We are given sight so that we can see where there is need in the world and we can see where God is already working amongst those who would bring an end to it. We are given freedom to go out into the world following Christ and following his mission to bring about the year of Jubilee. This is our calling for all of us and eventually for all of creation. Release to the captives, both captive to sin and captive in a jail cell. Sight to the blind, to those of us who are blind, to the poor around us, and to the people who actually can't see. Healing from sickness, freedom from oppression, good news for the poor, the year of the Lord's favor. It's a lot. It's overwhelming. It might seem impossible. But this is who we are called to follow. The one who saved us, who freed us, frees us to work with him. To go out into the world and bring the kingdom of God into the world as often and in as many ways as we can. This is who we follow. And this is who calls us and cares for us along the way so we can continue doing this work. Amen.